Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I'm so excited today because I'm talking with another member of the C-Suite Network. And I always like talking with people from C-Suite because it is such a great organization. Little plug here, c-suitenetwork.com. Check it out. Okay, so please join me today in welcoming Ed Musio to our program today. Welcome, Ed. How are you doing? Hi, Deb. Great. I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to have time with you. Thanks for Thanks for having me. Perfect. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this because this is we're going to be talking about something today that is very interesting and pertains to everybody. So best-selling author Ed Musio is one of very few management consultants in the world who does systems-level group work with CEOs and their executive staffs simultaneously, helping leadership teams shift culture across the entire organization. His work has been hailed for producing substantive changes, even in the most challenging circumstances, with results in weeks or months instead of years. Ed has been called one of the planet's clearest thinkers on management practice by the editor of an international business magazine. Originally trained as an engineer, Ed started organizations and led global initiatives prior to starting his firm, Group Harmonics. That was almost 20 years ago. Today, he's an advisor and influencer, serving small startups all the way up to Fortune 500s. He is the author of Iterate, Run a Fast, flexible, focused management team. And he's here to talk with us today about how the most effective organizations are run and how that's different from so many of what we were actually taught so much about what we were taught about management. So again, Ed, welcome. Great, Deb. Thanks Thanks for having me here. It's great. Perfect. Well, you know, I always like to find out from my guests how it is that they got to where they are today. So tell us a little bit more about this process. You know, I'm a little bit of a strange one, I think, in my world, because I did start out as an engineer. So I worked for Intel back in the sort of Mm -hmm. uh, mid to late 90s Mm -hmm. and early 2000s at a time when Intel was sort of doing a thing that nobody else was doing. Mm -hmm. And so there was no such thing back then as a computer chip person. So they just hired different kinds of engineers and then taught us how to do it. And Mm so, you know, it was fast growth. And it was sort of Mm -hmm. one of these worlds where everyone changed jobs internally every year and a half. Mm -hmm. And people, if you found something useful to do it, and it would mm-hmm. help the company if you did it. They were right. happy to have you do it. And so mm-hmm. we all kind of found our own way in some way, I think mm-hmm. more so than you might mm-hmm. in a more established company, mm-hmm. right? Because it was just growing so fast. And so I pretty quickly became kind of a weird one as an engineer because I was always the guy who was like looking at how are we using authority on this team or like yeah. how are we making decisions or mm-hmm. those kind of things. Why the heck are we doing it this like, way? Why, why are we doing it this way? And, and why is it mm-hmm. us? And and is there a better way for us to work? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would dive into the spreadsheets and, and geek out when I needed to, mm-hmm. but, but it seemed like I was the only one looking at that stuff. And so as my career kind of advanced, I moved in that direction. Um, and I ultimately ended up 
uh, first attending and then helping facilitate and teach a week-long development program mm. for middle management. Mm -hmm. And as part of that process, I met the man who ultimately became my mentor, mm -hmm. who had worked for 20 years before that on mm -hmm. those kinds of questions mm -hmm. from the outside. Mm -hmm. And so when I left the company to do my own consulting, I teamed up with him. And for a while, we just sort of collaborated. And then after, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, five or 10 years or so, mm -hmm. he we we did a transition where I took on his business and his IP and put it all together. And and yeah. the way he sort of explained this to me is just, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't he didn't put it on the open market. He said it's going to be you, mm -hmm. and here's how we're going to do this. It was really it was really quite a quite a um, humbling thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, what what he said was you've been on the inside of companies that work this way, and I've been on the outside. So you're going to have a, an ability to both know the model mm -hmm. and also kind of feel and understand when it's mm -hmm. happening or not. And that I didn't you know when smart people tell you things. You don't know what they mean for a while. It took me right. It's got to kind of cogitate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it took me a couple years, and I woke up one day doing a, a full implementation with an executive team, and went, "Oh, that's what he meant." Because I was mm -hmm. sitting there going, "This isn't it. Why mm -hmm. isn't it it?" And so I, mm -hmm. I end up going to the model for the answer of why isn't this mm -hmm. it, as opposed to sort of putting mm -hmm. the model in everyone's face. Mm -hmm. And that has proven very effective in these mm -hmm. highly complex scenarios of like mm -hmm. working with the whole executive team all mm -hmm. at once on how they run their entire company. Right. So yeah, and now I now I'm you know still an ex engineer in some ways. I still have spreadsheets for things that I do, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm more of a systems guy, and I, mm -hmm. I'm a guy that looks at sort of you know I don't look at individual people in the sense of why did that person do that you know what's right. wrong with them. Mm -hmm. I look at people and go, hmm, that person is not bringing information. What about the system is sort of right? Yeah, it, it, right. It, so I become it, yeah. A, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I not that they system. didn't do it; it's that the system didn't. It, it needs fixed. Right, right. And not to say that one individual can't need help sometimes, right. but, but mm -hmm. that everyone understands that North American mm -hmm. culture is very clear on individuality. You mm -hmm. know, like we all know we can do things, mm -hmm. but we tend to miss the systemic influences. Mm -hmm. And that, that's where I think all the, that's why I think what I'm doing is different than most of what's right. going on, because I'm actually working at a system level mm -hmm. with the executive teams. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and this is so interesting and, you know, I'm, I've, I'm out of corporate America. I've been out of corporate America for quite a long time. But, you know, all of this pertains, as we said, to anything, you know, anytime you've got more than a person who's doing something, um, you know, then uh, this, this, you know, comes into play. So, you know, I mentioned that you wrote a book and hold it up, be Vanna. Um, and, you know, and, and so for those of you who are listening, um, the, the book is called Iterate, Run a Fast, Flexible, Focused Management Team. So let's talk about, first of all, what do you mean by iterate? Well, iterate is, you know, it's not my concept, obviously, but but it's this idea. You hear it in sort of agile project management. You hear mm -hmm. it in software development. Um, iter I actually first learned it in engineering school, iterative mm -hmm. sort of solutions to problems. So mm -hmm. where you can't figure out the end state directly. Mm -hmm. So like weather modeling, for example, or okay. traffic pattern modeling, what mm -hmm. the computer does, is it takes one step mm -hmm. from a complex set of parameters mm -hmm. and then it calculates out that step and then takes the next step. And so to iterate... I always use the the in the management space the the metaphor of walking to the car. Like you mm -hmm. you head out the door of the parking lot of the mall or office mm -hmm. building and you look out to where you think your car right. is. You're not really sure. And you look mm -hmm. at your watch, you know, I gotta get to my car in three minutes to stay on schedule. And you start to take steps. And mm -hmm. you don't get out a map and chart your course. What you do is you take the most reasonable step you think you can take mm -hmm. from right here. And then as you go along, the steps bring information. And some of that information mm -hmm. is bottom up, like is the surface slippery or not? Mm -hmm. And that causes changes in the resources of your mm -hmm. leg muscles. And some of the information is top down, like that's not my car. I need to turn. Or <laughs> Don't walk into that way. pole. <laughs> Don't hit that pole, right? And so what's happening is every step brings information mm -hmm. and every next step is the best next step in light of all the information, mm -hmm. including the newest information. Right. And so that's very different than, you know, what I call North American management, where it's mm -hmm. like we make a plan in January. 
And then we have meetings all mm -hmm. year to talk about how the plan is going. Mm -hmm. And as we go into February, the, the difference between reality right. and what we're talking about mm -hmm. in the meetings is getting wider because the plan is no longer right, but mm -hmm. there's no language to adjust that. Mm -hmm. So instead, we spend our meetings trying to make it look like things are going okay. Mm -hmm. And then we spend our time between the meetings trying to hurry up and do the work so that mm -hmm. for the next meeting, we look okay. Right. Um, and so, so to iterate is instead to say, you know, we're heading for this. And at mm -hmm. this moment, it looks like we're heading here. Mm -hmm. And so we should make a decision today to affect that future right. and implement that decision. Mm -hmm. And then we'll revisit that if we need to and as we need mm -hmm. to, because we understand that we can't see the future. And so it's a more uh, realistic mm -hmm. view. If you're, if you're listening to this on, on video, you can see in my back, back corner there, my, we love reality sticker. Mm -hmm. This is something I give executives when we have these mm -hmm. conversations about like, we bring as much reality as we right. can. And then we make decisions and we just take the next best step mm -hmm. that we can from here and mm -hmm. all right. the information we have over and over again. That's what it means to iterate. Well, and what I love about this is we've all been in situations um, and I don't care if it's your family or a volunteer group or a big company, small company, whatever, where we said, why, why, why are we doing it this way? And the response we get back is, because this is the way it's always been done. Right. And, you know, and, and, and in many cases that actually does work. Right. But it also in many cases isn't working well, as you said, or needs adjusting. And we get caught in that. We can't do that type of thing. Um, you know, because this is the way we've always done it. Uh, you know, we've we've also all been in those companies where somewhere on the bookshelf behind us, there was our policies and procedures manual, right? You do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this. And nowhere in there does it address what happens if type of thing. Right, right. Well, the, you know, the, the, it, it's interesting. You're talking about, you know, what we often refer to in my world as corporate culture, right? Right. And mm -hmm. and the most clear thinking I've seen on about corporate culture was from Edgar Schein from Sloan, who we think invented mm -hmm. the term. And he basically said, look, we, either the we in this mm -hmm. room or the we before us, mm -hmm. um, had problems right. and we solved them. Mm -hmm. And in the course of solving them, we stumbled on behaviors and habits mm -hmm. that worked. Right. Um, and so now we teach those things back and forth to each other as the way it is and mm -hmm. the way we should think and feel about things um, today. Mm -hmm. And so so today's culture is really just a manifestation of these behavioral habits mm -hmm. of the system. Right. And so, you know, like you said, in some ways that's good. You know, I always say the, you know, like the body puts breathing and heartbeat into the subconscious mm -hmm. systems, right? right? You're not consciously in charge of breathing because mm -hmm. you might forget, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, you, you get know, so caught up in whatever might, you're watching. You might not do it, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, it's not a bad design to mm -hmm. put those things into the, into right. the, what I'm calling subconscious. Mm -hmm. That's not a medically correct term, but, but to put it mm -hmm. into the auto automated systems, right? organizational culture is put into the automated system mm -hmm. of the system, right? right? It's very hard to change it. The managers mm -hmm. aren't in charge of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like you said, we end up sort of on this momentum thing. And, and what's happening is we are teaching back and forth to each other the things we've mm -hmm. always seen. And so, you know, what I've learned and, and a big part of the way I do the work of culture change mm -hmm. is to say, we're not going to talk you out of those assumptions, those learnings. What we're going to do is we're going to put in new behaviors okay. today. Mm -hmm. And those that work will stick in the next iteration, the mm -hmm. next cycle of culture as we go mm -hmm. forward, right? Because we can do that. Mm -hmm. And and that's, it's actually a very fast way of climbing out of those mm -hmm. patterns if we've always done it that way. It's also different than what you see most people do, which is they try and fight it, 
right? right. I'm going to fight the manual. I'm going to fight the. <laughs> no, B comes and, before C and, and D comes right, next. Right. And it's like, what's, what's amazing about that is, mm-hmm. I mean, and we've all had these experiences where it's like everyone in the room agrees mm-hmm. that it's wrong. <laughs> And they but nobody's going to do anything about it. They can't mm-hmm. change it. Or they try. Mm-hmm. They sort of commiserate constantly and they can't mm-hmm. do it because it's like deciding your heart rate isn't right. Mm-hmm. That's not how you change it. It's a different right. system that's running mm-hmm. it. And so we 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 know in my firm and my work how to access that system. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to understand mm-hmm. what you said, which is it's mostly good, right? right? We don't want to right. break it. We mm-hmm. just want to make improvements to it mm-hmm. in the areas where we all look at it and go, that's mm-hmm. not working, right? Like you said. Right. Yeah. So is this about empowering people to make those decisions and those changes kind of on the fly? Yes, and um, it is. It's, you know, a big part of what we need is we need, you know, so so what I talk about is, I, you know, I call it North American management, like North American mm-hmm. management, right? We get together, let's say I'm the boss and mm-hmm. I have six employees. Right. I get my employees together in a meeting. We have a plan from January mm-hmm. and each of my employees essentially makes a narrative pitch to me right. to say... Here's how it's going well. Yes. Now, different people and different cultures will spin it more or less. Some mm-hmm. will be a little more realistic. Some will be super duper over the top mm-hmm. optimistic, right? But basically, I'm getting a series of, I'm having a series of one-on-one meetings mm-hmm. in front of everybody else mm-hmm. in which the person in the one-on-one meeting is making a presentation to me mm-hmm. of the theme, things are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a really useful meeting for the other people. Right. People hate meeting. Of course they hate because, meeting. Because, and we're going to say it's going okay. We don't want to say I screwed up. Right, right. Well, also, you know, so you're sitting there, either your peers are boring you to death because you don't care what they're doing, mm-hmm. or you know your peer is lying because you're right. like, I know what's really going on. Yeah, you know, the eye roll thing. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so it becomes this sort of performative dance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, meetings are interesting. Meetings are meetings are ceremonial in a lot of mm-hmm. companies. Like you watch right. who walks in, where they mm-hmm. sit, who talks first. Mm-hmm. And if you watch them for a while, you go, oh, this is like, it's a liturgical ceremony. Right. You mm-hmm. know? divorced mm-hmm. from the reality of what's going on the yep. further you get from January. And Those who sit in the front are in charge. Right, right. And who talks in which turn, right? And so, <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't love the word empowering because it gets overused, but what mm-hmm. we're really saying is, no, no, that's a set, you know, that's a set of brains mm-hmm. empowered, empowered mm-hmm. in control of a set of goals and resources. Mm-hmm. And if we can get that thing to work as a set of brains running a set of resources of the mm-hmm. company, interacting with other sets of brains and right. other meetings running other resources mm-hmm. and and we can get that whole system tasked with what's the smartest thing we can do today in light of what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. that's a really different really different look mm-hmm. and a really different activity and you know it's still called a meeting because there's humans together in a mm-hmm. room or on zoom or whatever right. but it's not mm-hmm. it's not at all the same thing mm-hmm. um, and so it becomes you know engaging and it becomes interesting and it becomes a place where you know, I would say it's where, it's where we go to do work, not where mm-hmm. work goes to die, right? Mm-hmm. It's where we go to get right. stuff done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. that's and that's really what it's about is, is giving people that sort of access to each other and to mm-hmm. decision making mm-hmm. um, in, in whatever meeting they're in, whether it's with, mm-hmm. you know, me, their boss, or whether it's them with their teams, mm-hmm. you know, if they're, if they're managers as well. Right. You know, and it's funny, I had the thought that, you know, the, and, and it was a fleeting thought about how things changed with meetings because of Zoom, but they're actually still the same in this process. Because you've got your people who are going to participate. You've got your people who are going to turn their camera off. You know, they're the people who normally in a meeting is are going to sit in the back. Um, you know, and 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 so you still have those dynamics. You just have them online. Um, you know, and 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 if anything, it's it's worse because 
we're not able sometimes to read the body language and, and things like that. Um, or, you know, and, and of course that can only work if you've got a pretty small group, right? You have more than about 10 people on zoom. Actually, if you have enough that it pops to, an, you know, they're, they're, they can't all be on one screen, then you have no idea. Really. That's true in real life too, by the way. In, in yeah. live meetings, you know, mm-hmm. we would say seven to 10 is about the most, yeah. when you get past oh, yeah. 10 people, what you are is you're a recommendation mm-hmm. forum mm-hmm. where you hear recommendations and right. make like rulings, mm-hmm. but you can't solve problems more than 10 people. There's not enough airtime. No. Um, no. Same thing, Zoom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah. and the Zoom and the Teams, the virtual meetings are, you know, they're sort of fascinating. You know, coming into COVID, I had clients that were already mm-hmm. doing virtual work because they're multinationals mm-hmm. and they were like, all right, more Zoom, you know. Eh. Mm-hmm. But, and then I had clients who sort of moved over, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it, it really does, you know, to your point about nonverbals, what I think is most fascinating from my perspective is if you take a meeting that was live and you move it virtual, mm-hmm. um, in many companies, not all the companies, but in many companies, especially the kind I'm talking about, North American model, where we get together mm-hmm. and pretend everything's fine. Mm-hmm. It's in the chatter as we're walking out of the room right. that we do actual work, mm-hmm. right? And so when you hit end and everyone's mm-hmm. gone and that goes away, all of a sudden now you have the ceremony, but no actual work gets done. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, I'm, I'm a weird guy, but whenever I heard, you know, we're less effective on Zoom, I went, mm-hmm. oh, your meetings are bad. And now you've taken away right. the part where you actually corrected for that around mm-hmm. the water cooler. And so now you're just, mm-hmm. and now you're having a series of bad meetings with no mm-hmm. recovery possible. And that's, you know, that's not a feature of how humans have to work right. together. It's just how you all mm-hmm. agreed tacitly mm-hmm. or otherwise to work together, right? Mm-hmm. We can make agreements. We can make agreements on Zoom. We can make right. agreements about camera on. Mm-hmm. We can have norms mm-hmm. or we cannot make any norms, in which right. case people are free to turn their cameras off. And then we mm-hmm. have people that are disengaged, right? So, mm-hmm. so there's, you know, there's a lot of room for improvement in those things. Mm-hmm. I think we, we tend to sort of back to our culture conversation, people right. get caught up in the, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, well, what what could we change? What mm-hmm. behaviors would help us? Yeah, right. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's that the the pre and the post chatter. You know, the as they're going in, and of course on Zoom now it's the private messaging. Um, right. You know, and 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 you know, heaven forbid that you click the wrong button, and you know, you you send your this is stupid message to everyone, <laughs> you know, everyone. as opposed to you know, you know, I meant to say Ed. This you is know, stupid. on my and side, I'm like, please, world. if you think it's a stupid idea, say it's a stupid idea. But yeah. of course, no one wants to do that, right? So, well, yeah. and. You and, and but that really does bring up something that's so important is we really hesitate to be critical um, for the same reasons, you know, because this is the way we've always done it. So we don't want to say, you know, really, you know, this this is not making sense to go down this path because we don't want to be criticized. We don't want to be fired, heaven forbid, or, you know, all these other things. And so again, we just keep going merrily down that path, but on our way out the door from the meeting or, you know, in the Zoom little chats, we're going to be like, yeah, right. Nothing's going to change. <laughs> right. Right. No. And that's, and that's it. You know, you, you, and it's one of the hardest things I always say, I only, I only know, I mean, I'm a specialist, right? I come mm-hmm. into these companies. I usually say, you know, I start to make a lot of sense to you mm-hmm. when someone puts a note on the fridge that says, don't eat each other's lunch. <laughs> that's where I start making a lot of sense because that uh-huh. means you don't all know each other anymore because nobody eats each other's lunch when there's five of them in a room, right? Right. That's just, weird but mm-hmm. when there's 50 or 100 now mm-hmm. you know some of the stuff i do is for even small groups but, mm-hmm. but the more sophisticated stuff is like we're mm-hmm. talking about there's levels we right. can't all get in a room and mm-hmm. so now we've got this situation of like how have we agreed to work mm-hmm. together and right. you know i always say i only know two things i know what patterns of behavior are most helpful i have mm-hmm. 70 years of research and experience knowing what they are mm-hmm. and by the book it's in the book mm-hmm. they're all there like that's mm-hmm. the answer i didn't hide any and then i have my consulting practice which is how mm-hmm. do we get people to move on to them because to okay. your point it's not easy mm-hmm. in a culture that has always said, don't bring bad news mm-hmm. to say, now we're going to bring bad news. Right. Uh, and so I have little silly tricks like giving out stickers mm-hmm. that say we love reality. Mm-hmm. And then I have rounds of practice and some more sophisticated mm-hmm. things we do. But basically, you know, where I'm headed is it shouldn't be weird. 
you know, for if I have six employees, for one of them to go, I think we should do this, and one of them to go, I don't think that'll work for me. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, it becomes a thing where if I know my employee, it wouldn't work for her or him, and that person doesn't say so, mm-hmm. that's a corrective coaching conversation between mm-hmm. me and them. How come you're not raising your issue? Right. right? Like, how come you're not, how come you're not, mm-hmm. you know, how, how can I run this mm-hmm. thing well if you don't bring me reality? Mm-hmm. So, but, but the transition is not easy. You know, mm-hmm. people are afraid of their bosses. They don't say mm-hmm. they are. They don't know they are, but it's a, it's a, you know, lizard brain. We thing want to keep our jobs. They are, you know, you're, it's, mm-hmm. it's mammalian, it's reptilian brain, right? You're mm-hmm. sort of there between you and survival in some mm-hmm. basic fundamental view. And so we mm-hmm. want to keep them happy. And so as long as mm-hmm. I think they're happier, if I report things are going well, mm-hmm. then I'll report things are going well. You know, and I actually, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will directly tell leaders. I mean, one of my favorites is the scowl you see on my face mm-hmm. is because I am thinking about the ramifications of what you said, mm-hmm. not because I'm sorry you brought it. Please right. know I am grateful and continue mm-hmm. to bring me that kind of information. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Like leaders need to say stuff like that mm-hmm. because otherwise you go, it's off track and they go, mm-hmm. and, and the person goes, that means I'm going to get fired. Like, the whole mm-hmm. story of you know how bad mm-hmm. that is gets built up. We got to get right. away from that. You have right. to get you know more reality. Well, and it is about communication, which is my background. Um, you know, and And like you said, telling people, Wow, I never thought of it that way. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. You know, and, and you might have made the that I just ate a lemon face, um, especially if like you've put a lot of time, effort, money, money, money um, into whatever it is. Um, you know, and 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 it is about encouraging people. You know, uh, I'm you know long ago when I worked in corporate America, we had one of those boxes on the wall where people could put their their thoughts. Right, you know, you. Put, put your comment comment cards or whatever in there. For one thing, nobody ever emptied it, you know. And and so people nothing thought, in, nothing oh, out. No, yeah, right. Work. You know, well, this is not going to work because the one I put in there two years ago is still in there. But you know, and and sometimes people do need to be anonymous, um, you know, because for whatever reason, I mean, they might really truly be afraid of the repercussions because those are going to happen, um, you know, and and um, or they, you know, they. They they just don't want to be the person in the room raising their hand saying you just spent a million dollars on this project and it ain't gonna work. Um, but it's it's about you know acknowledging that yes you do have input and and if if you don't like it or what then telling them that too you know saying you know hey Ed that was a great thing you brought up here's why we can't do it or here's why it wouldn't work and people are fine with that. They just don't want to think that they got ignored because well, then they're right. not going to do it yeah, again. Yeah, that's right. One of the one of the key things we, we get into in pretty much in pretty detail is um, how we do decision making, mm-hmm. and and part of that is there's a decider. It's usually the manager, not always, but there's a mm-hmm. decider, and we have an issue on the table, and and people are teaching the decider what they know, mm-hmm. which is different than positioning their idea as best. They're mm-hmm. going, this is why I know. If you do this, this will do. You mm-hmm. can teach the decider what you think will happen. You can teach the decider emotions. Mm-hmm. I hate that. You can teach the decider facts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's twenty percent reduction if we do that. Mm-hmm. You can teach whatever you want. If you're the decider, if you're the boss, mm-hmm. it's really effective to say, you have just taught me this. Do I have that right? Um, mm-hmm. Because people will stop repeating themselves when they feel right. heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all agree in advance where we ever started that the decider is going to make a decision mm-hmm. and then be as clear as he or she can be about the reason for the right. decision. And that's because oftentimes I'm working with groups of managers. So these people who are subordinates in this room mm-hmm. go off and be managers in the right. next room. Mm-hmm. And they have so there's, carry, yeah, the, the levels. Right, they have mm-hmm. to carry the message. And it's mm-hmm. not enough to say those screwballs did this thing. Mm-hmm. They have to say, we as a management team decided this. Mm-hmm. I don't personally agree with it. Here's mm-hmm. why we decided it. Here's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. If you continue to find contrary evidence, please bring it to me. Right. And in the meantime, you are accountable for implementing the decision mm-hmm. because in this organization, we win by taking turns doing things we disagree with. Mm-hmm. We do not win by right. sabotaging decisions we don't personally mm-hmm. agree with. 
So right. go and do it 100%. Mm -hmm. Bring me problems. I am always mm -hmm. free to bring things back. No mm -hmm. decision is ever final, but I can't go back and say, I still don't like it. I have to mm -hmm. go back with data. So if you find data, right. bring me. If you don't find data, mm -hmm. I was wrong and it was an okay mm -hmm. idea. That's fine too. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. implement it with your full attention mm -hmm. because that's how we win is by taking turns. Right. So yeah, it's it's very different than the mm -hmm. sort of, well, I didn't like it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna only half sell it to my team, mm -hmm. and they're all gonna half do it, right. and then you know, that's a recipe. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna you know I don't I don't want it to succeed, so I'm gonna sabotage it. Right, right. If and if we have that happening, you know, then we can't coordinate, mm -hmm. and then we then you know then what happens? And I, you mm -hmm. know, I meet a lot of executives who go, you know, if I want to make a real change, I have to like run around and push it everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is hugely inefficient. I mean, there are right. CEOs and COOs and people like that that are just stressed out mm -hmm. because they can't turn you know they turn the wheel mm -hmm. and the boat doesn't change right and they turn the wheel harder and nothing happens mm -hmm. like that's a really sometimes it goes in the opposite direction <laughs> right right and and so what happens is they get busy looking down and mm -hmm. leaders can't look out to the future mm -hmm. when they're busy looking down right? right they're so busy looking down at mm -hmm. what are people doing now they've lost attention for like back to the car metaphor mm -hmm. right the next tree you're going to walk into mm -hmm. or the next hole in the ground or the next slippery surface like like where you know they can't look out because they're busy looking down mm -hmm. and so so a lot of what happens in north american management is everyone's always looking down mm -hmm. to try and stitch the pieces together right. and get the people to mm -hmm. do what i want them to do mm -hmm. as opposed to everyone looking up saying okay i owe this to the higher cause i owe this to the higher cause mm -hmm. um and how do we you know how do you deb you and me who work mm -hmm. for the bigger boss you know i'm going to bring a recommendation mm -hmm. that i get some of your resources you may not like that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that in front of the bigger boss. Right. Or, you know, let's not talk about that in front of the bigger mm -hmm. boss. Let's talk real quick before we go in about mm -hmm. can we solve this right. for the higher level mm -hmm. so that we don't put our boss in the seat of having to referee, mm -hmm. you know, quib quibbling children that, you know, I want the resource. No, I want the resource. Mm -hmm. right? That's a that's another bad job for Dad, you. Dad, dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it's it is such a, a, a challenge because, like I said, you know, no matter where we're doing this, we have this happen. And, you know, and, and, and it's funny because we talk about, you know, acknowledging when somebody is, is critical, we also need to tell them when they did good, um, you know, and, and whether it's, hey, you brought us this concern and it went forward or, hey, you said this was working right and it is working right because you know, you're not going to get that feedback, you know, when people and I, I, we've seen studies, you know, I don't know whether I believe these or not, but the studies that say that, you know, people in many cases, their pay is not the most important thing to them. They're, you know, being acknowledged is. And so, you know, telling them, Ed, you did a great job, or thank you so much for bringing that, that situation to our, our attention. That does so much more than I'm going to give you a raise. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because we've got, you know, I, and I, I heard this on the radio today, more labor disputes going on right now than we have had for many, many years. I mean, there's all sorts of companies that are out on strike right now or, you know, and, and for a variety of reasons, but, you know, people it's, you know, they're, they're not feeling heard, I think is probably the, the biggest reason why you go out on strike. It's huge. You know, the other part about that's important. And like I said, some of the stuff I do is managers of managers, but some of it mm -hmm. is broadly applicable. And here's one mm -hmm. that's broadly applicable. Depending on what research you read, mm -hmm. um, it's the number is between four and 20x and mm -hmm. between encouragement and advice. So, so right. encouragement is where you tell someone you did that well. Mm -hmm. Advice is where you tell someone, I need you to do it differently. Right. Um, one key difference, it's really important, is encouragement to come right after the thing mm -hmm. and advice should come right before. So if you see someone give a presentation, mm -hmm. And they did two things right and one thing wrong. Mm -hmm. At the end of the presentation, you catch them and so say, you did this and this as specifically as you can, very, mm -hmm. very well. Here was the result of that. Mm -hmm. Good job. 
and then you stop talking. Right. And you don't bring them the advice until they're prepping the next presentation mm-hmm. because that's when they're teed up to hear it, mm-hmm. right? So so the one thing is the timing. But where I was going mm-hmm. before was, depending on the research you read, you need between four and 20 times as much encouragement as advice. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, like another really good reason, in addition mm-hmm. to what you said about people stay for encouragement, right. they stay for feeling connected, right? Mm-hmm. Another really good reason, if you're a manager or a leader, to give a lot of encouragement is mm-hmm. if you haven't banked your four to 20x, mm-hmm. and I tend to lean toward the 20x number, but right. you know, mm-hmm. research is spread. If you haven't banked your encouragement mm-hmm. and you're over advising, it won't work. Mm-hmm. They won't hear you. If you time it wrong and you don't bank your encouragement, mm-hmm. They they won't adjust. And so right. that contributes to that feeling the executives mm-hmm. have of like, I can't turn the wheel. Mm-hmm. And it also contributes to just a general frustration because it lands with the person receiving it as mm-hmm. that person doesn't like me, mm-hmm. right? If it's not effective advice, if it can't land as, mm-hmm. no, really just change this. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. It lands as, I don't get that person. They don't like me. Mm-hmm. And that contributes to what you're talking about right. in the engagement space, which right. is serious. You know, and, and I would imagine that what has made this harder has been the the companies who stayed virtual um you know they they used to be in offices and now they're you know at least you know a hybrid or or full-time virtual trying to figure out how we do all of that because it's given a lot of people independence right to work on their own to to be doing all of these things and so i think you know you you don't you don't have the opportunity is maybe the way to do it right you know when we were in offices you could go bebopping down the hall and and stop at somebody's desk and say, oh, my God, I meant to tell you, you did a great job right. on this project. Now we have to either text them, email them, get them, you know, you, you have to really stop and think about it with all the other gazillion things that we're thinking about. Yeah, the virtual drives, I think, a level of structure or discipline into meetings, into mm-hmm. encouragement, into advice, into mm-hmm. one-on-one meetings. Like, I think that you're right. It isn't there. If you're mm-hmm. If you're all in the same building you know, you can be a little loose about those things and right. it kind of works out because I see mm-hmm. you at lunch anyway and we talk mm-hmm. about it then, right? Or or we happen to be at lunch mm-hmm. in, a, in a sort of a mid-size or a smaller company. Mm-hmm. We happen to eat lunch with the five or seven cross-functional people. Right. So mm-hmm. we just kind of solve it. But, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't know we solved it. I mean, we knew we solved it, but we didn't know that was how we were doing it. It just kind of mm-hmm. took care of itself, you know? And that's that's sort of, you know, so you're right. I think the, the virtualization has put the need for people, mm-hmm. people and companies and groups to get better at the kind of stuff I'm mm-hmm. talking about. And be more systematic about it right. because if you don't do it consciously, you mm-hmm. have less chances to do it accidentally. And that's mm-hmm. that's huge. Um, the other thing that I think that points to is, you know, we talk about culture as being this, mm-hmm. you know, subconscious set of behavioral patterns. Um, one of the interesting things about that is people don't always see or recognize or consciously understand all of what the culture is doing for them. And so mm-hmm. I've had multiple clients where they were executives who came out of companies that would work in what I would call an iterative management way. Mm-hmm. And they come out of the company and they're going to take that to the next company. And then a year or two or three later, they're frustrated. Right. It's not working. Mm-hmm. And well, the reason is what they take with them is what they would of course take with them, which is the mm-hmm. most visible elements. Mm-hmm. So usually in my work, it's meeting rhythm. You have to have mm-hmm. regular meetings. It's linked goals. We mm-hmm. have to have linked goals and it's visual graphics dashboards, mm-hmm. right? But what's not visible is what goes on in the meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that those goals are flexible and changeable and they don't match any major platforms mm-hmm. goal sale thing. Everyone's selling platforms mm-hmm. to goals. They're all wrong mm-hmm. because they all say write it for the end of the year. Right. And that's not right. They, they have to have various timelines. Mm-hmm. And then the data has to be forward looking with multiple futures, mm-hmm. meaning it's comparing what I thought was going to happen before mm-hmm. or what I resourced for mm-hmm. to what I now think is going to happen today. Right. And so if you build a bunch of dashboards that don't have that, you have mm-hmm. a bunch of meetings that look at the dashboards and talk about them. You don't structure the meetings the right mm-hmm. way. Um, and you don't um, 
handle the decisions the right way, you've got those same things. You've got mm-hmm. dashboards, you've got meeting rhythm, and you've got you know linked goals. Mm-hmm. And yet, what that person has brought in is mm-hmm. additional bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating for them because they keep sitting there going, it's not working. I know what this is. Why mm-hmm. is it not? And, right. and that turns out to be my value add for mm-hmm. those people is to go, oh, of course you you wouldn't yeah, it's this that. piece right it here. This is the problem. It was, in, it mm-hmm. was, in, it was you were a fish in the water. You couldn't mm-hmm. see that, but right. this is what it is. Let me help you with mm-hmm. that. And it's like, oh yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the culture it pulls on you. And and mm-hmm. when you part of you know what you're talking about when you move to virtual is you mm-hmm. lose some of that stuff that was fish mm-hmm. in the water, and you can't mm-hmm. even put your finger on what happened, but right. something's different and it's worse. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now what do we do? Yeah, right, right. Well, I want to talk about you know this in in more detail in a second, but you know, we all we hear about the companies that are really dysfunctional. Hello, Twitter. Um, And and, and that's just kind of one of those that's going to be a case study for years, right? But what are companies that do this well? That and and the funny thing is we might actually not ever hear about them. So what are, you know, just a handful of companies that you know that do this really well? You know, I won't name names, but but what I will say is this if you look at a space Mm -hmm. um, and you look at the top performers in that space, Mm What you will usually see is it's not just that they're producing something more or better. Mm-hmm. It's that they're turning faster, right? right? So they're recognizing what makes it better faster. Mm-hmm. They're re- reissuing um, resources to those mm-hmm. things faster. Um, they're shutting down. This is a big thing. They're they're starting up things right. that are potentially valuable mm-hmm. and then shutting them down when they mm-hmm. realize, oh, no, let's put the resources over mm-hmm. here. Right. So that's the other thing. In, in the North American model, once you start a thing and put people on it, mm-hmm. like it takes on life of its own forever. Right. right? And so that means if I start three initiatives mm-hmm. um, at a top level, that could be three mm-hmm. products at a mid level. It could be sort of improvements, whatever. Mm-hmm. I start three initiatives and they start to proceed forward. Now they have people. Now they mm-hmm. have resources. Now they have emotional advocates. Mm-hmm. Right. And then partway in, I'm going to discover that one of those is better than the other two. Right. Right. And so, you know, there are many case studies of companies who have you know, failed not because they didn't succeed, mm-hmm. but because they had one super successful offering mm-hmm. product or whatever, and they didn't resource it right. because they were too busy resourcing the stuff that they knew wasn't performing. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it had it had advocates, right? So right. so part of what this iterative method gets you, and, and the answer to your question, you'll see this in the top performers, mm-hmm. is they can turn. Mm-hmm. They sort of know internally, oh yeah, sometimes we move things and I appreciate that you were attached mm-hmm. to that and we appreciate the work you did. Mm-hmm. And it was important to get us far enough right. into that to understand that that wasn't the yeah. thing. Oh, so yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. And we're stopping that now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find something else for you. Mm-hmm. Find something else. We're going to move the resources around, we need you over here so right. that we're constantly pushing mm-hmm. the pushing the resources to the right place. My mm-hmm. my mentor, he had so many brilliant things he said, and this one I hate, but I haven't found a better metaphor. He used to say, starve the weak horses. Yeah. Like feed the strong horses and starve mm-hmm. the weak horses. Otherwise you will starve all the horses. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's such a kind of a right. nasty metaphor, but it's not mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to push the resources to where mm-hmm. they are. And so that your top performers, you know, I could name mm-hmm. big names that everyone names. Right. That's what they're doing, right? They're mm-hmm. they're picking a product and running with it. Mm-hmm. And then they're all of a sudden they're like, what's a new one? I pick your favorite tech company. Mm-hmm. You know, pick pick a, you know, heck, pick a, you know, pick a medical company that's, mm-hmm. you know, pick a hospital system that's beating out the other hospital systems. Mm-hmm. Look what they're doing. They're doing stuff right. faster. They're resourcing improvements, right? right? That's that's always the answer. Mm-hmm. And they are recognizing this is not working. Um, you right. know, I, I I live in Atlanta, which is where you know many big companies uh, are based. But one of the the most well known would be Coke. You know, when they said, "Ooh, we're going to have new Coke. We're going to spend a gazillion dollars developing this new formula," and of course, everybody went, "Ooh, yuck, blah!" Not drinking that, and. 
it, they they pushed it for a little bit more, and I'm sure it was because they had some pretty high up or pretty influential people who kept saying, no, this is the way to go. And then they went, nope, cut and bait. <laughs> you know? That's an intelligent organization. Yeah. I mean, you could argue they could have, you, mm-hmm. you could have, I, there have certainly been arguments in case studies about should mm-hmm. they have noticed sooner and those kind of things. We can, right. you can armchair quarterback that mm-hmm. stuff forever. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing I think is, is so important, and this is kind of a, a top level shift, I think, in thinking for a lot of people, mm-hmm. not only at work, but in life, is mm-hmm. like, it's not a mistake if you go down a road that looks like a good road mm-hmm. far enough to realize that that wasn't the good road. Mm-hmm. That's not a mistake. You made right. the best decision you could. Right. And then when you learn new information, you made the next best decision you mm-hmm. could. Like the the pressure to only pick the right road from the mm-hmm. first fork is is what kills organizations because right. no one will ever try anything mm-hmm. because they can't be sure it's right. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the more I know I can come off of something later, mm-hmm. the more I'm free to try things. Go, I think this looks good. Mm-hmm. You know, let's resource it to the next step. Let's let's resource it just for mm-hmm. viability study. You know, let's resource it just for a, a pilot, right. whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, with an understanding that, you know, we're we do a number of these things. Mm-hmm. We're going to shut some down. Nobody on the team failed when mm-hmm. that happens, right? The person who pushed it didn't fail. Like right. that's what we want. You we learn from innovation. it. That's what we're yeah. supposed to do. We're, mm-hmm. This is how your human brain mm-hmm. works. I mean, iteration is not my word. It's mm-hmm. how we model, you know, mm-hmm. flights. It's how we, you know, it's how trees grow, right? They right. grow a little and they turn, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is how natural systems work. Mm-hmm. So to to hold yourself to a different standard mm-hmm. is to, you know, again be divorced right. from reality and right. and how you know how your system can actually work. Mm-hmm. Right. So now there's five key practices, um, and and so go into a little bit of detail about each, and, and you know because of course we want people to buy the book and we want people to work with you, but tell us a little bit about the five key practices. Yeah, so here's what I'll just do a quick a quick, quick thumbnail. And by the way, iteratenow.com is a great spot. There's a video with the practices on there. It's got mm-hmm. some videos about people that have used the material. There's a video about mm-hmm. what it means to iterate. So there's some good stuff on iteratenow.com. But real quick, five practices really very simple. The first, and by the way, the names don't even matter. It's it's not like, do you do something you call this in your organization? It's like, yes, yes. Are you doing? Right. So people go dashboards. I have a dashboard. It's like, well, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but but mm-hmm. do it like this, right? So mm-hmm. first one I call output and status broadcasting. Mm-hmm. That is managers are walking around saying three to seven outputs they're trying to deliver. Mm-hmm. They could be various timelines. They're real pieces of work. So, you know, a lot of times you'll have a company where it's like people will be saying, you know, I contribute to revenue. If you're in sales, you do. Right. If not, that's not your output. Maybe no. you put something to the sales team to help them mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. That's your output, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you work on policies that help mm-hmm. characterize the revenue if you're in you know, a function, uh, financial mm-hmm. function. That's your output. So what's your output? And it's you know saying it, and then it's having mm-hmm. a, a way of visualizing it in a dashboard or something that looks mm-hmm. again at that, like, here's where I'm trying to go. And right, right. now, you know, we're mm-hmm. on and we're off, right? Here's so where we are. Mm-hmm. That's right. And not only here's where we are, but here's where I think we're going to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking forward at, there's a, is there a variance in the future? Mm-hmm. That's what takes us to the second one I call work preview meetings. These mm-hmm. are the staff meetings. And those are meetings about, hey, there's mechanics to how this works, but it's basically the boss going, who has the biggest future mm-hmm. variance? Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's a little bit, there's a little bit of statusing, like three minutes, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of opens, like three minutes. And the rest is mm-hmm. a structured way of saying, okay, our biggest variance is this. Here's the issue. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Here's what the person with the variance recommends. Let's make a decision and agree. Mm-hmm you know, using a good deciding method, like I talked about, Mm -hmm. as to what we're going to do today Mm -hmm. to influence that future Mm -hmm. and how we'll know if we succeeded or not, right? So so what what happens is your staff meeting, instead of being a meeting to go listen to your peers lie about how it's going, becomes a meeting to solve the biggest problem Mm -hmm. the group has this week, Mm -hmm. right? 
Um, that leads into group decision making, which is mm-hmm. the third practice, which is if you're going to do that meeting like that, mm-hmm. you have to make the kinds of decisions I was talking about. You have right. to have a decider. You have to and make the decisions, folks. Make Don't leave decision. it all boogity boogity boogity. Make it a real decision every time. Mm-hmm. You know, we I always say if you're if you're having a staff meeting, it's a one hour staff meeting, and you're at minute twenty six or twenty seven, and you have not at a bare minimum teed up a decision to be mm-hmm. made in that meeting, your meeting is a failure. Because it wasn't a meeting; it was a chat. It was a conversation, <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. I like it. It was a meeting in the broadest sense of people are in the in the yes, room. Yes, they together. met. <laughs> um, so yeah, we make the decisions, then we go out, we fully implement them, right? Um, 100%. We bring back mm-hmm. data, right? That kind of thing. So that's how group decision making works. By the way, quick plug um, voting in small group work mm-hmm. produces irrational results huh. because managers, all the work that's been done on like lab work on group decision making mm-hmm. is like strangers, you know, on a college campus, pull them together, give them a problem, see what they do. Mm-hmm. Managers have a history and a future together. Mm-hmm. If you do anything as the leader of a team of managers that sounds like taking a vote or a poll or where people are, mm-hmm. people will start to trade votes in the background. Of course. The focus will mm-hmm. go from information to politics. So everyone mm-hmm. teach me what you know and I'll decide. And when I decide, I'm not going to pay attention to who agrees mm-hmm. with me anymore. I'm going to pay attention to what I know. Do mm-hmm. I know what you right. know? And then I'm going to explain mm-hmm. based on what you've told me, here's what I'm mm-hmm. doing. That's decision making. Mm-hmm. Fourth one is what I call linked teams. And mm-hmm. that is, I kind of mentioned this before, each team works for the higher level of that team. Mm-hmm. So, so whatever the goals are of the leader, that's the team goal. So I can't right. have my two employees arguing over whose goals mm-hmm. get preference this week. I say to them, no, no, what we're doing here is my goals. Mm-hmm. So when you bring a proposal, you bring, this is what's best for the top level goals. Mm-hmm. Then I go to my boss's meeting. And now if I get my goals done, my team has succeeded, mm-hmm. but I have not. I succeed when my boss's goals are done. Mm-hmm. So me and my peers. So that pushes resources across right. in a very clean way. That's linked teams. A couple other things that happen there too. And then the last one is what I call frontline self-sufficiency. And mm-hmm. that is just the bottom of the organization, the people doing the work, they have clear goals. They know mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. They have control of the resources. They have mm-hmm. what they need to do it without having to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And they have self-managed feedback, which is they know how their work is going mm-hmm. without their boss telling them. Right. And that turns out to be a magic formula. If you give people those three things, mm-hmm then they can tell you when you ask them, mm-hmm. are you ahead on track or behind? Mm-hmm. They can answer accurately. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing there is we're separating a plan, which is what the boss tells the employees to do mm-hmm. with a forecast, which is the employees telling the boss how it's mm-hmm. going. Um, in much of North American management, we get confused between a forecast and a loudly shouted plan. Yes. No, you, you will do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> if you tell them the plan loud enough, they'll mm-hmm. give it back to you as the forecast. We're going to do mm-hmm. that boss. And then you'll you won't get it done any mm-hmm. better. You'll just find out later that you didn't. Right. So, so we need to enable the employees to feed that up. And by mm-hmm. giving them those three things, you know, they know what they are doing, mm-hmm. they have what they need, they, they know how it's going. Mm-hmm. Then you can tell me this week, are you on, head, on track? Are you ahead? Are you behind? And so mm-hmm. then that leads into those future forecasts mm-hmm. back at the circle, top of the circle again, we're back to the first mm-hmm. one. So you can have those future forecasts and build those graphs that say mm-hmm. our big variance is here. This is our thing to talk right. about this week. So that's that's kind of, you know, and that's obviously there's detail behind those, but mm-hmm. that's not a big picture. Mm-hmm. That's how managers agree together to this is how we're going to run this organization. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We're all going to do it this way. We're mm-hmm. going to share when we need to. We're going to make decisions this way. Mm-hmm. And that's going to allow us to turn and pivot and mm-hmm. be some of those top 10, top 20% companies that are better at onboarding information, mm-hmm. responding to information, right. and then adjusting to new information. Mm-hmm. Right. You said something just now that that I wanted to to iterate. And and that wasn't the right word. That wasn't what I meant it to say. I, got I wanted it to discuss. That was that. See, I get that word stuck in my head. Um, and that's that it's a circle. And you talk about it in in your book because many companies are the triangle, right? It's the the boss at the top, and everything is is top down. But but in your book, it is it's a circle. It's this continually flowing 
type of communication, conversation, process, system, all of those things. Yeah, the management approach is iterative itself. And then mm-hmm. all of those five things I just mentioned mm-hmm. support each other. Right. And then actually when we draw the org charts, we also don't draw, you know, an org chart is a box with lines. Right. Mm-hmm. And that basically says each of these people exist individually mm-hmm. to do their goal. And then I, the boss, put them together. Mm-hmm. What we draw is we put the person's name at the top, we put their names in a row, and then we draw kind of a... A squiggly. Yeah, it was a blob. That's a team, right? It's a blob. That blob, you know, is important for these Mm -hmm. outputs, which is the bosses. And then that blob overlaps this blob, which is the next level up. Mm -hmm. And then that lets us draw blobs across them too, to Mm -hmm. say this is a cross-functional team Mm -hmm. because that's, you know, the other thing is if you get into sort of matrix management, Mm -hmm. they go, it goes this way and that way. No, it doesn't. Matrix management is a thing because people had an org chart that went this way and they mm-hmm. went, it's more than that. Let's go this way too. Mm-hmm. But really, if you look at matrix organizations, they're not having these meetings and these meetings, right. having these meetings and these meetings mm-hmm. and this meeting and that meeting and that meeting and that meeting. And they're, yeah, they're all... going every witchy way. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so it's you, like, like trying to understand what's happening mm-hmm. by looking at an org chart with dotted lines going across mm-hmm. is like, you know, you're in Atlanta, I'm in Austin. It's like right. me get in Atlanta, getting mm-hmm. in the road car and pulling out a map of Austin and trying to drive mm-hmm. around. It's not an accurate representation of what's mm-hmm. going on. Right. So, right. so that's the, that's the, the difference is that it's not, you know, it's not top down. It's also not fully bottom up. It's not mm-hmm. fully like, you know, there's like servant leadership. Right. Yeah, we didn't take the concept. triangle and flip it upside down. It's both, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's really a fundamentally Western culture likes power over. Mm-hmm. Traditional management is power over. The boss mm-hmm. has power. Servant leadership says no, flip it. Mm-hmm. But really it's power with, right? right? We are with each other doing mm-hmm. this complex thing. Mm-hmm. What should we do today? What's right. the next step, right? That's mm-hmm. that's really what it's about. Right. But it's it's important. We still have to have the manager, the leader, the still whoever. Structure. That's right. That's you know, right. and and because we've all seen, you know, when when everyone is empowered, it, stuff might get Doesn't done, work. stuff might get, not Doesn't get work. done. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody's just going every which way all willy-nilly. You still have to have kind of that ultimate authority. You, know, you have and, a decider, and, right? We have a decider. Yeah. We know who that mm-hmm. is. We have an escalation path. And by mm-hmm. the way, we, you know, some of my work says we, we think it's about 10% usually like in that meeting, you know, you're going to make a decision about the mm-hmm. future. We're going to ratify the proposal. We're going to mm-hmm. do a different proposal. We're going to not decide that today, whatever. Mm-hmm. About 10% of the time, the answer is we're going to escalate it. We can't solve mm-hmm. it here. And right. so there is a hierarchy in that mm-hmm. sense, right? We mm-hmm. take it up. Um, and in, in healthy iterative organizations, no, even of like, we're talking like mm-hmm. a hundred thousand people nationwide, mm-hmm. you know, worldwide, what we see is about a 10 day turn. Mm-hmm. of bottom to top to bottom. So mm-hmm. if we discover something at the front line that gets escalated mm-hmm. and can't be solved until it gets to the CEO's office, mm-hmm. it makes it up, a ruling mm-hmm. happens, and then it makes it back down, mm-hmm. even for the largest companies in, in no more than 10 days. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's smaller for small companies. Right. But the, you know, the point of that is kind of to your point from before, people don't need everything to go the way they want, mm-hmm. but they need to be heard mm-hmm. and they need, to, they, need, they need a ruling, right? So right. if I go, this is a huge problem and it comes back, it's not for these reasons. Mm-hmm. That's not my favorite answer, but mm-hmm. that's still very much preferable. It was an going, answer. It's mm-hmm. a huge problem. And then mm-hmm. the system kind of crickets mm-hmm. and me going, it's a problem. It's a problem and crickets, mm-hmm. right? So, so it's a much healthier work environment mm-hmm. in addition to being more functional right. because now I'm going to go, oh, I guess I don't get what I want. Mm-hmm. I better do something different. Like I have to, mm-hmm. it's not my favorite thing, but it's, it's better right. than no answer. Yeah. Right. Now here's, here's a big question. You know, when, when you go into a company and they say, Ed, Ed, save us, save us. How do you go about changing that culture? Because in some cases, this might be a culture, you know, depending on the organization you're working with that has been there a hundred years um, or, you know, a year. But how do you how do you work on changing that culture? And clearly, this is not they hire you in, and it's fixed by next week. But how do you work with changing cultures? 
You know, it, it's it's funny because there's sort of various approaches and different organizations have different appetites. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. choices. The, the sort of the two big categories that I can talk to are one is kind of the more traditional training. So okay. we have training classes and programs. We'll mm-hmm. pull groups together and do trainings and things. And and I've we've got some pretty sophisticated, you know, behavioral elements in the training mm-hmm. where it's like you can't just tell people. Mm-hmm. You, you get them to do it in some way, and then they kind of take it with them. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be, you know, we've we've had pretty significant um, experiences where we've mm-hmm. shifted entire companies using an organized implementation of training. I had mm-hmm. one where we actually, um, it was a company that was divided in two halves and we did about three years of structured training mm-hmm. and, and feedback. And at the end of it, um, the one half of the company at the top level, an argument ensued because the one half of the company had gotten so efficient, the other half thought they were cheating. So ah. so you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that takes a while. Mm-hmm. The faster way and the thing that I think that we're doing that, that isn't really being done anywhere else is kind of like what you mentioned at the beginning. I can work with the the executive and a couple levels mm-hmm. all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is sort of one of those things that if you sort of, if you look at the big four consulting mm-hmm. firms, this sounds like it should take two years and cause need a lot of slides. Right. In a couple months, we can make a change mm-hmm. because what we do is we get together and run the company the new way. Mm-hmm. And so I've got some approaches that we do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, we get together in person or mm-hmm. virtually for a couple days. Then there's a period where I'm kind of with the leader mm-hmm. in the meeting, kind of helping things out. There's a little pre-work before that. There's post-work mm-hmm. after that. And then there's another session where we do a handoff. Mm-hmm. But basically, usually in the course of a couple months, we can substantively change mm-hmm. the way the company runs because even if the patterns are 100 years old, mm-hmm. remember, it's just that they were taught from the last cycle. So it doesn't right. matter if there were 400 cycles mm-hmm. before that or none. We just need to put some stuff in the new cycle mm-hmm. that works better, mm-hmm. but we have to do it in a way that everyone holds hand and does it together. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the thing you see sometimes where someone goes off to training, comes back energized. Yes, they're like, oh, happens. we should do it this way. We should do it this way. And everybody goes, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's the thing we're combating with that. Mm-hmm. And so that that becomes, you know, is it more expensive or less expensive? I don't know. It's more expensive at the moment they write the check. Right. It's less expensive compared to taking three years to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's sort of a it's sort of a budget and appetite kind of question. Mm-hmm. But but we can, you know, I've I've have many many examples where we've, you know, I can point to things like I had one where the executive team, you know, pre and post mm-hmm. went from working on stuff that was, I don't know, two to six eight weeks out. Mm-hmm. This was a smaller startup to working on stuff that was eighteen months out. Like nobody said we're going to do this. It just changed it just the evolved. fabric of what mm-hmm. they were doing because they were like, mm-hmm. we have to be out here now. So it's that thing mm-hmm. about, you know, looking out, um, you know, I, oftentimes in those sessions, they make more decisions in the two days with me than they would have made otherwise. So they mm-hmm. come in going, how can we give you two days? And I go, don't mm-hmm. worry. You know, and they come out going, we got a ton of work done. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're so far. Right. It's like, because we're doing it the mm-hmm. right way. And so that's, that sort of helps cement that. Mm-hmm. And then when they go back, they go, we're going to keep doing this. Not mm-hmm. because they decide to, not because they're energized. But because we've influenced that mm-hmm. subconscious level of the system right. to say, oh, this is how we do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the way to do it. And so it's right. not it's not as easy as a week, mm-hmm. but it's also not nearly as hard as um, a lot of what I read mm-hmm. makes it sound. I guess right. I would say mm-hmm. I wrote an article once that said changing culture isn't easy, but it's not that hard. Like mm-hmm. it's it's you just have to you just have to know where the system is and kind of where right. to push the buttons. Yeah, yeah. and and where to to have those tweaks. And you know, of course, the the big thing is it has to be you know supported at the very top. Um, you know, otherwise it's not going to work, um, you know, and, and because, I mean, that's, you have to start working, you know, and, and now you can go in maybe in little dribs and drabs. And then, you know, as you say, you, you had the two sides, um, but yeah, you know, if, if you still got your top folks saying, this is how we do it, you know, that was nice, but. Well, you know, it's interesting because there's there's two there's some sort of like called guerrilla work you can do to get it mm-hmm. to come up, and, and actually we have some techniques. Right, for that you can, if you can it's show success, yeah. you might be able to sway them. You can mm-hmm. do it, but the, the really interesting thing, and I've had this happen multiple times, is like like that was one example, right? So mm-hmm. you know, wherever I am, and, and in, in multinationals, you you mm-hmm. have an SVP or something that could mm-hmm. be 
tens of thousands of people, right? So, so mm-hmm. pretty big organizations, but it's still a pocket. Right. So first of all, people say, well, if you don't have the big leader, it doesn't matter. And I go, sure it does. Because mm-hmm. even when I have the big leader, there's customers, there's mm-hmm. vendors, there's the market. Like, there's always right. somebody on the outside. So we take who we have, mm-hmm. we work with that. So if you're an mm-hmm. SVP or a VP and you've got a division mm-hmm. of you, even if it's 50, 80 people, mm-hmm. I've done those, take work with that. Right. Now, the second question is, does it then pass up? And mm-hmm. this is fascinating, Deb, because you would think, oh, if I work with, let's just take an easy one where I'm one off the CEO or two mm-hmm. off the CEO. I work with that person, the peers see the success mm-hmm. and they pass it around, they move it up. Right. That happens sometimes. Other times, the person I'm working with, and this has happened more than once also, says, oh, I get it. You want the people under me to collaborate with each other to get my stuff done. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then they go to pass it up and they go, if I pass it up, he wants the people next to me to collaborate with mm-hmm. me to get my boss's stuff done. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that. Right. So I have been implemented in one pocket mm-hmm. and then not pushed up. And right. I, I feel like, you know, on the one hand, I'm the consultant. So I do what what the system wants, right? So right. Gonna, yeah. You can only do like, so you know, much. That, mm-hmm. that senior executive is losing out because they don't even understand right. what they're not. Like in the company mm-hmm. where they had a fight, it's like, mm-hmm. that's unfortunate because mm-hmm. the other side of the company could have gotten that efficient too. Right. And instead, the side that got efficient had mm-hmm. to tone it down a little mm-hmm. to compensate for the misgivings, right? right? So, so you know, it is there is power in starting mm-hmm. closer to the top, but you can also start in the middle and work mm-hmm. up. It just depends on the group. Right, right. Now, you know, we do have an international audience. So how does this, you know, you, we've been talking about North American management um, because let's be honest, you know, what happens in, in the U.S. very much does carry over to Canada um, and, uh, you know, with, with management styles and, and things like that in a lot of cases. But how does this play out globally? You know, it's really interesting, Deb, because there's different pieces of the sort of the model, the work, the body mm-hmm. of work that play out differently. So for example, you know, one of the things I said already is, mm-hmm. you know, we succeed or fail together, right? The members mm-hmm. of the team succeed when the boss's objectives are done right. and not when each other, when, you know, mm-hmm. so I get my own stuff done. Mm-hmm. That's my team's success, but I'm not successful until my boss's stuff is mm-hmm. done, which means my peers. So I'm pushing help to them. Mm-hmm. That concept in Asia is like, yeah, that concept in the US is like, what you mean? <laughs> they, I don't want to, you know, so, so mm-hmm. huge, right? Now take a different one. One of the things we talked about in this on this mm-hmm. uh, discussion is if you have contrary information, mm-hmm. you are obligated to bring it. So you have to stand up and say, from what mm-hmm. I have here, that won't work. Right. But here's why. Right. In the US, well, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. that all the time. Mm-hmm. In Asia, wait, you want me to you want me to stand up in front of somebody else right. and, and contradict them? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Right. So so and then you go, then we can go like go uh, Israel, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Different, right? So so in mm-hmm. different cultures, what I what I have found sort of anecdotally is there's always an easy one mm-hmm. and there's always a hard one. Right. And and then the other thing that's interesting too is you, you end up with a question of sometimes the company culture will trump the local culture. Ah. So, you know, is it an Asian company mm-hmm. in an Asian culture? So it's going to struggle with mm-hmm. raising issues mm-hmm. or is it an Americanized company in Asian culture? So actually ah. we're kind of mm-hmm. a good at that already, but they really, right. they really need to help sort of work in American mm-hmm. company. So, you know, there's no hard, fast rules, but, mm-hmm. but it does play out very differently, mm-hmm. you know, nationally and, or, or globally in different cultures. Mm-hmm. And and it also gets super interesting when I have a mm-hmm. one staff that's got members in their place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they're going to have a hard time with this. They're going to have mm-hmm. a hard time with that. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, oh my gosh, Ed, we've only got about five minutes left. And I think we've just scratched the surface on this because There's always more. Yeah. My, my little brow is furrowed. You know, for those of you who are are listening, my little brow is furrowed because I'm like, but, but, but what, a, you know, um, and so, you know, it just means that, that we should chat with you again. 
But until then, you know, tell us a little bit more, you know, obviously you have the book um, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and, and so that is a great, probably maybe first resource for someone, but, you know, how do they find you and work with you? And what are the services that you provide? Yeah, thank you. So the book I mentioned, I'll do the Vanna thing and I'll put it yes, in front of my Vanna, microphone. Yes, do Vanna, do so there's, the, mm-hmm. there's the book. It's Iterate, Run a Fast, Flexible, Focused Management Team. Uh, the website for the book is iteratenow.com. Mm-hmm. And you know people are busy and books are long. So if you go to that website, there's a handful of six, five, four-minute videos mm-hmm. you can watch that will get you the, the nuts and bolts of it mm-hmm. just right there on the homepage. If you do buy the book, you can register and get some more videos. So you right. can actually buy the book and never read the book and just watch all the videos. That mm-hmm. also works. Um, so that's that. Uh, I, the company is Group Harmonics, so it's groupharmonics.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, mostly we do various forms of implementation of mm-hmm. these practices. Now we do some other sort of team support stuff. Like mm-hmm. I said, some stuff is for everybody. Some stuff is really for executives and teams of managers. Okay. But it's really all about getting people to work in this power with mm-hmm. mode, getting people to work in this, I hate to use the word collaborative because it's overused, but getting people to mm-hmm. work in this like linked mode mm-hmm. where it's like we're taking steps together. Mm-hmm. Some of us are in charge, but we're taking steps together. Uh, and, and, you know, the services range from, you know, free videos to training classes to, um, you know, full-blown two layers of the company mm-hmm. implemented all at once type things. And, and you know, some of it's mm-hmm. standard and some of it's more custom, but we mm-hmm. just work with, you know, meet the need we see and, uh, and go from there. So, yeah. Th- and the other one that I'll point out too is I just launched a new uh, TV series on C-Suite Network. We were talking oh, about yes. C-Suite mm-hmm. Network. And it's um, bit.ly slash 1SS. So B-I-T dot L-Y slash 1SS because it's mm-hmm. called One Small Step. Ah. And so there's a couple episodes up. There's, there's it's a whole year coming up, mm-hmm. but that's where I just kind of bust out one one of these concepts mm-hmm. and talk about, you know, here's a little step you could take with your team mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Right. Well, and you know what I love about C-suite network is you don't have to be a member to listen to the podcast or watch the TV programs. Right. So, um, yeah. So that that's a great resource. You know, this this really has been just absolutely fascinating because it's like we said, it's everywhere. I mean, it it it, it takes place in your families, right? You know, you got mom, dad, and you know, two point five kids, and the dog that are all you know. How how is this working there? You know, maybe we're you know involved in volunteering. You know, all of these various things, or you know, you're the boss, the employee, the whatever. Um, in in big companies, so I think this is something that it obviously is pertinent to everyone. So I think we definitely should continue this discussion. For sure. So yeah, you know, this really has been, as I said, you know, so much fun, and 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 my my little brain is just going yeah, um, <laughs> but that's not a bad thing uh, to to make my little brain work. But until we have the opportunity to to chat again, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Well, you know, Deb, I'd love to talk again if you like that. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. I've certainly enjoyed the conversation too. So thank you for that. I think you know, I think if I go to the sort of the thirty or fifty thousand foot level for for a final moment here. Um, this, if you read Sapolsky, I think it's called Behave. Um, there are, this is crazy, but there are anatomical indicators for species as to whether they are collaborative or competitive. So you can take a skeleton of an animal and you can measure stuff like ratio of jaw to head size and ratio of male to female size. And you can tell from the skeletons whether the species is collaborative or competitive. And it turns out in competitive species, individual gene lines make it further. But in collaborative species, the species last longer. Okay. So with that as background, you would say, well, what about humans? And the answer is on these markers, humans are right up the middle. So I don't know. So I like to think that means we are at choice as to whether we are collaborative or competitive. And I think we get to decide that in our companies and in our, like, to your point, in our other contexts as well at home and things like that. And I think the decision, you know, from the company side, I'll take it is, you know, do I want one of my divisions to last longer than the others? Or do I want the species to survive, right? And if we take it to the humanity level, 
you know, do I want one country to outlast another or do I want the species to survive? And I think that's, you know, we're at choice in that. And I think, you know, I'm doing a very small part of the work to help us choose that way. You're doing a very small part of the work to help us choose that way. And I think all of us who are anywhere engaged in that are um, heading in a good direction because it is really true that we have a choice. And, you know, if we can find ways to make the choice in the, in the collaborative direction, I think it serves us all in the long run. I love it. So much fun. And, you know, so I've, I've been having a great discussion with Ed Musio. He is the author of Iterate, Run a Fast, Flexible, Focused Management Team. He's also the, the head of Group Harmonics. I'm Deb Creer. Until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.